Well, welcome to another edition of the Bottom Line Show. I'm Roger Marsh, and so glad to have you along for the ride today. There are so many different things to look at, so many things to discuss. I think, first and foremost, it's probably uh, worthwhile to take a look at what's happening in the weather. I mean, obviously, uh, the the... The waterworks have been pretty incredible here in the, the People's Republic of California and uh, with that massive sinkhole in Chatsworth and that uh, that huge flooding issue. The Whitewater area, it's a pretty, kind of a sentimental place for me if you're in Coachella Valley. The um, the uh, the Whitewater off-ramp, as it were, there used to be a trout farm there. I think they still, they sell white, I mean, they sell rocks and things like that that are good for desert decor. But uh, I, I have some fond memories as uh, being a child and going to visit my grandparents. My dad's mom and dad lived in 29 Palms, which just seemed like it was the end of the world. You know, Yucca Valley, 29 Palms. You know, and then all of a sudden, my grandmother uh, my, was widowed. Grandpa passed away in 1977, I believe. And um, my dad was able to help her get a place in Anaheim, be closer to uh, him and my mom and our, our whole family. And she lived right near Disneyland, actually, which is kind of cool. And so then dad went ahead and sold the place in 29 Palms. And eight years later, U2 goes out to Joshua Tree. And <laughs> now the whole area is, you know, they got that that crazy, uh, uh, was it that 21-story uh, hotel that's all sideways and looks like it's invisible. And it's, it's, it's quite, quite the iconic spot. But I remember in the 1960s going out every summer for a week. I didn't realize it was the week of my parents' anniversary, but uh, I couldn't figure why they would send us out to the hottest place in the universe in the hottest time of the year to go spend time with our grandparents, but we survived. But one of the highlights was we would go to this trout fishing pond out by uh, in the, the whitewater off-ramp. It was a bit of a haul to go, and it, basically it was a place you could go and buy uh, trout, and you could buy rocks and things like that for your garden and whatever, but they also made it possible for you to catch fish while you were there. And so I remember having many a, a great time with my my sister, and I think my brother went on occasion, and uh, my grandmother and grandfather, and we went and we would go out, and Grandpa showed us how to bait a hook, and we'd catch a fish. And, you know, for suburban kids from Whittier, it was kind of cool to do. We stopped doing that as we got older, and when we, once we moved to Orange County, but uh, I got a fond spot for that. So when I was watching the news last night and seeing all the spillways going through the Whitewater area and uh, the roads blown out and uh, I was at North Palm Canyon Drive out there. It was, it was, it was crazy and uh, to see that happening. But there are isolated places like that, of course, all across the state. And it's interesting to me, um, and, and this is the, the point of driving at here, it's interesting to me to see how an interruption in just one part of a roadway or a throughway uh, can wreak havoc on an entire community. Uh, we've seen this with the uh, rail issues, uh, Amtrak and uh, whatever, whoever else uses the railroads coming up through South Orange County. And uh, many of our bottom line show listeners who listen on uh, AM 1240 KNSN, um, you, you know how frustrating that is when you rely on a commuter train to take you from San Diego to Union Station in LA, and then the road gives out or the ground underneath uh, parts of the coast. It's beautiful to ride on those, you know, uh, ocean liner, uh, shoreliner, whatever they call them, trains, as long as the tracks are there, but the tracks can only be as steady as the road underneath it. And I, that it, therein lies the rub. I, I see all these images now from California, um, of course, that's, you know, our backyard. And the rain coming down, I guess we, we're supposed to be getting something of a reprieve today, and then it moves on into more rain uh, for the weekend. But it, it really reminds me, I was talking with uh, someone not too long ago 
about, uh, you know, they were asking, they, they're calling from somewhere in the southeast, how are things in California, you know, with the weather? And I said, well, you know, there is some record rainfall in certain areas. No question about that. A lot of those areas are mountainous and, and you know, there are places where we need to get rain and we don't actually get rain. I said, but, you know, the, the issue does not appear to be so much the rain itself. The issue appears to be what it is landing on and what we do with it once it gets here. I, I remember years ago working for my friends at Ambassador Advertising. Ironically, they're, they've moved from Fullerton now to just a few blocks away from the bottom line Joe studios here at KBRT. But I spent a little over a decade producing uh, half-hour daily programs with them. John MacArthur, uh, Focus on the Family, uh, Jack Hayford, who recently uh, entered into eternity. I worked on the Living Way program for a, a while. And uh, yesterday, of course, you heard my uh, conversation with Steve Brown. <laughs> Boy, wasn't that a hoot. And Steve's program, Key Life, it was a 15-minute daily program that uh, actually originated at Ambassador for a season. That's how I got to know Steve Brown. And um, it, it was interesting because when I was working in Fullerton, that's where I discovered courtesy of a local police officer was coming out there was a traffic accident that happened in front of our building and it happened on a rainy day and the road appeared to be flooded and I asked him why do we get so much rain here in Fullerton he said we don't and then I asked him well why then do we get so much flooding he said because the storm drains are literally like about a quarter inch deep maybe a half I mean they they aren't designed to handle a lot of water and I looked at it I said well that's silly what happens if it does rain like this and the rain piles up and he goes well they they figure that there's not that much rain and the drains themselves don't have to be that big they're cheaper if they aren't as deep it's a cost-cutting thing it got me thinking about when this happened was in 2017 in houston when they had all the flooding and you began to realize that the flooding wasn't so much from excessive rain but rather they didn't have adequate drainage system if you go back to 2005 and hurricane katrina and hitting uh, louisiana and mississippi the flooding that was caused i mean it wasn't so much the hurricane that did the damage it was the breaking of the levees that did the damage and so yet again i i find myself i was just ruminating on this this morning about how we in the body of christ live in a sinful fallen world and god sends his provision to us for everything we need and the question isn't so much will god provide for us it's will we do what we need to do to manage those provisions I mean, remember when the Israelites were wandering in the wilderness for 40 years, basically on their wilderness journey, and God provided manna, and God at one point provided quail as kind of a punishment, if you will. But remember the rules for the manna. You go out every morning, you collect the manna, you've got enough food for the day. On the sixth day, which for them would have been Friday, there was a double portion, and you were to go out and get double portions so you could make provision for that day and the Sabbath day afterwards. If you went out on the Sabbath looking for food... It wasn't going to work. If you took the food from the Sunday through Friday, well, Sunday through Thursday, and tried to keep it for the next day, it would rot and go bad. So God makes provisions, but he also uh, has requirements when it comes to what to do with stuff. It's not that we don't get rain in California. It's that we don't manage the rain when it's, once it comes here. You know, people would say, well, climate change, this. The governor was, you know, uh, tweeting out about uh, the, the, that whole issue. You know, why, why is it that, you know, uh, uh, climate change is real and we need to, to, to take action and we need federal funding or whatever? How about building a reservoir, Mr. Governor, or two? And this is not just on him. We've had Pete Wilson. We've had George Duke Majin. We've had governors in this state that have not been able to accomplish 
the simple task of building a reservoir. As a matter of fact, the only thing we've done environmentally in that end uh, was a couple of years ago, we, the people, voted to blow up a hydroelectric dam that we had set up. That was old and it needed to be replaced, but you get the idea. It's not that we don't have enough rainfall, it's that we don't handle the rainfall well, or that we have uh, provisions in our law that say, hey, you know this rainfall that we're getting? Well, we've got to make sure that with the first 30 million gallons of it gets flushed to the ocean, because otherwise the Delta smelt fish that we haven't seen in a decade might be extinct. How much water do we waste for potential use for agriculture and human beings and et cetera, et cetera, because we don't, I mean, we've got laws. How many fires get started? Not because of climate change, but because of sparking off electric transmitters from PG&E in Southern California Edison that spark around areas where the growth isn't cut back. And the reason it isn't cut back is because environmentalists have petitioned successfully to get the state legislature to ban the practice of trimming the bush around the, the transformers. I mean, the list goes on. If you're impacted right now, you know, by the weather, obviously we're praying for your your care, the re restoration of power. I, I reported yesterday on the program, you know, in a state of 40 million, the fact that 200,000 people were without power is pretty remarkable. But let's be good stewards with what God does, in fact, give to us. Amen? Well, let's take advantage of the resources that we have, beginning with the sanctity of human life and the ability God gives his children to understand his word that was written thousands of years ago that still speaks to us today and is living and active and sharper than any double-edged sword. On the other side of this break, I've asked Patty Garibay, the founder of American Heritage Girls, to join me. We're going to talk about biblical worldview. We're going to talk about the sanctity of human life and some fascinating new developments in the American Heritage Girls saga that I think you're going to be encouraged by. I mean, we talk about girl power here in the USA. How about God power through his godly girls? We'll talk about that with Patty Garibay coming up next as The Bottom Line continues. Well, Dennis Wilson is with me today here on The Bottom Line. I'm Roger Marsh, 800-696-9970 or go to wilson-financial.com. There are a lot of people who have been really taking a bath when it comes to stocks this year. Stock market off 25% in some segments. But yet you have a new program that's really designed to help somebody in that situation earn some of that loss back. It's obviously designed to do exactly that. It's a very limited offer on a 16% guaranteed return on your account in an account that in the next two years can never go down. It is a great vehicle to help people who have lost money because of the way the market is. But there is a time limit, is there not, Dennis Wilson? People have to act now. The 4th of January, you have an additional, I think, 30 or 60 days to get the funds in because some of these IRA accounts take a while to move. But yes, the initial application and declaration that you want to start the account needs to be signed by 1423. Well, this is a golden opportunity. Go to wilson-financial.com, 800-696-9970, or go to kbrightradio.com forward slash Wilson Financial. Well, special guest joining me today here on The Bottom Line, not only for the radio program, but also a first for us to have Patty Garibay, the founder of American Heritage Girls, on our myhopenow.com channel uh, with video as well. Patty, welcome back to The Bottom Line Show. Good to be with you, Roger. Thanks for having me. Happy New Year. We always have way too much to talk about and not nearly enough time to talk about it. But this is Sanctity of Human Life Month, and there are two different areas I can think of right off the top of my head where American Heritage Girls is really out in front of the curve uh, involving not only the sanctity of human life, but also the dignity of people who are wrestling with gender identity issues. First and foremost, let's talk about the fact, I mean, we're going to be celebrating uh, Sanctity of Life 
Sunday in the church not too far from now, and it's going to be the first time in modern history that we didn't have Roe versus Wade, you know, to contend with. But that doesn't mean girls aren't asking questions about sex and sexuality and, you know, when's a baby a human and things like that. Talk about how American Heritage Girls is dealing with the issue that a lot of girls are maybe not getting answers from their church or even from their parents about. Right. The life issue is an important issue, particularly for girls for obvious reasons. And they really have a a, a, a heart for the unborn. It is amazing to me. I, I call this and I agree with those ladies from Students for Life, which is this is the pro-life generation. Yeah. <laughs> what I am seeing is Gen Z is very on fire for anyone disenfranchised, including the unborn, including the elder, elderly and the terminally ill, and including those that are disabled. So this just falls into a natural bailiwick of care that we see that the girls are really, really wanting to learn more about and to understand the issue. You know, I've been accused before of getting into politics around this issue. This <laughs> is not a political issue, Roger, right. as you know. This is a moral issue. God speaks to this issue. He talks about how we are woven in our mother's wombs before we're even really known by her, but we are known by him. And so talking about girls' identity and who they are in Christ, this all goes hand in glove. This is not just this one-off political thing we're on fire about. No, this is about scripture, holy scripture and truth. And, and life is part of all of that. Yeah, I love the fact that you actually incorporate this into the American Heritage Girl curriculum, if you will. Uh, we talk about the different, I remember being a Cub Scout and a Boy Scout way back in the day, and you know your, your Girl Scout background, of course, the merit badges and the things that uh, uh, the young girls could get, American Heritage Girls follows that pattern. But you actually have kind of a right to life, respect for life patch that the girls, I mean, kind of a curriculum they go through and they can earn the, the badge. Talk about what that entails. Well, first, it's important to know it's the most popular, the most purchased patch in all of American Heritage Girls. Wow. So wow. that shows a, a big level of commitment and interest by the girls. Yeah. But what that does is it allows the girls to put legs on this issue, okay? Whether it be uh, collecting diapers for a pregnancy care center or maybe mm -hmm. doing a renovation to the women's waiting room, which I've seen all of those happen across the country, or a girl saying, you know what, I want to start a pro-life club at my high school because we don't have one, even at my Christian high school. Or someone saying, you know, I was a micro preemie and I was... My, my parents were told to abort me, mm -hmm. but I survived and I have this beautiful life and I want to create a temporary cemetery of crosses that basically symbolizes all the lives lost yeah. due to abortion. These are all real life activities that girls have participated, not to mention the National March for Life in Washington, D.C. American Heritage Girls are always involved. One year, even blessed to carry the banner and do the Pledge of Allegiance with How Vice amazing. President Mike Pence. Mm -hmm. So it's sort of our thing. And it's not just the thing for a while it's all year round we're excited roger because right now we are entering into a relationship with the radiance foundation and we're going to be offering yet another patch besides the respect life patch but one called pro-life kids mm -hmm. so that it's even geared to the younger girls so that we have this mentality that life is sacred no matter what stage it's at and Radiance Foundation, that's Ryan Baumberger, isn't it? Yes, it is. Yep. Oh, great work. I, I love what they do. They've got that kid's book out now. And the, the idea that he has such a powerful testimony, I'd love to see the, 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 the confluence, if you will, of the ministry standing together. Patty Garibay with me today here on The Bottom Line. I'm Roger Marsh. Patty is the founder of American Heritage Girls, which is the largest faith-based scouting organization in the world 
for girls ages five to 18, which I'm sure very few of our audience would disagree with the fact that those are such important ages, especially in the world where the media is constantly influencing and trying to coerce and cajole. And, and quite frankly, you know, when we see companies like Disney who went woke, you know, for uh, so many years, and then the last year lost hundreds of billions of dollars in market value because people are starting to take a stand for biblical values again. And I appreciate the fact that you, Patty, encourage the girls because they're coming to you and saying, we have questions about the sanctity of human life. And why does it seem like if, you know, some people are saying, don't abort the child, but they're not working with the mom or they're not taking care of, you know, the needs that they actually have, that you're giving the girls the opportunity to, to do something about this and to kind of put legs on it as well. Um, let's talk about the... The culture changes, the biblical worldview, and the fact that uh, the fact that we were even having this conversation about whether it's the sanctity of human life or girls who are being confused and challenged by their peers to maybe change gender or this, that, and the other thing, it kind of stems from the fact that if you try to take this culturally, and you know, I guess you're treating the symptoms rather than the disease, that there really isn't any hope for girls, but American Heritage Girls is taking a deeper stand. Talk about your commitment to uh, promoting the biblical worldview as part of the curriculum of American Heritage Girls. You know, it's so easy, Roger, to look at this culture and to see what's going on, especially in the last decade, and to say, what's the use? You know, let's just wait for the rapture or something like that. But (laughs) we we are not called to do that. A matter Uh of fact, we are called to choose to pitch our tent in the land of hope. And, you know, that's right there in the scripture uh, to choose to pitch that tent. And so that's what American Heritage Girls has decided to do and has, has, has followed the Lord's leading. And let's talk about what's de- what you're dealing with, kiddos. Ladies, what are you dealing with? And we have a girl sounding board and it's fascinating, Roger. We ask the hard questions and that's how we know what is important to them and what we need to address to refine and, and improve our excellent, excellent curricula. You know, American Heritage Girls was founded in 1995 as a result of the fall of the Girl Scouts and as a result of their turning away from Judeo-Christian values. And so this whole culture war is sort of like the basis for why we were even founded. So, of course, we're going to continue to engage and to try to show girls hope and light. And that is found through understanding and living the Holy Scriptures of God. And so when we have girls very lonely at unprecedented rates of suicide, um, the it's an epidemic of loneliness and confusion. Yes. And that does not come from our Lord. That comes from the adversary. So this confusing world that they're in, they're addressing all these different questions about what will make me happy. And we're trying to say, the Lord will make you happy. Understanding who you are in him is where the joy comes. And that's not happiness. It's joy that actually springs eternal. But so often they're going and saying, well, maybe I'm in the wrong body. And now Mm -hmm. I need to change my gender. Mm -hmm. And that's what we're seeing, almost a social contagion behavior, um, psychologists would call it, that we're seeing amongst girls that say, my friend thinks she might be a boy. Well, maybe I'm a boy too. Mm -hmm. And they're they're doing a peer-to-peer recruitment in many ways. And this all started, it seemed, it was really festering during the COVID epidemic, although we know this sin has been long in the making because even the Bible has spoken about it. So we're trying to help girls navigate that and parents really to have that discussion first before their daughter comes to them and they're surprised and shocked and their daughter no longer wants to talk to them about it. They're talking to other people that are promoting it. So it's important to understand that. We have a new ebook, Roger, at AmericanHeritageGirls.org 
where you can get a free download on Raising Godly Girls Guide to Gender and Identity. And will help all your listeners to understand how to have that discussion, what some of the terms even mean, because that could be confusing in itself, mm-hmm. yeah. and then how to bring the scripture into it and also fun things like word finds and to make it a little bit of more light conversation so that you can really dig deep with your daughter. I'm glad that American Heritage Girls is doing this. And, and Patty Garibay, the founder of American Heritage Girls, is with me today here on The Bottom Line to have this conversation. AmericanHeritageGirls.org is where you'll find the free uh, e uh, resource that Patty just talked about. I've seen so many laws, and you know, we covered the kind of more political side of it here on The Bottom Line show. I think about uh, Governor Ron DeSantis in Florida and the uh, bill that was the media nickname, Don't Say Gay, but it was basically just introducing some protection for parents to say, look, kindergarten through third grade, no one should be introducing this type of stuff in the classroom. I mean, if kids talk about it in the playground, they're going to talk about it, but talk about it in the classroom. And I remember covering a story about a young girl, she was 12 years of age, sixth grader, who thought she was transgender because she liked to play video games. And one of her friends said, well, you play with a bunch of guys, maybe you're a guy. It was really that simple. And I thought, oh my goodness, what happened to this culture where uh, someone can, that power of persuasion, then of course she got groomed at school through a quote unquote school counselor and wound up um, attempting to take her life. You're, I mean, I I don't want to scare away the churches that are saying, hey, I'm thinking, you know, we should do an American Heritage Girls troop at at our church, which I highly recommend you do. Our church does it and we love it. But that you're dealing with these types of issues, Patty Garibay. And I, I'm grateful that not only are you, you know, saying, hey, look, this is where our girls are. This, they're coming to us because in many cases, they don't have that support system to have these conversations. They don't. And parents need to be intentional and they need tools and resources too. And so when you visit that site on AmericanHeritageGirls.org, there's also a plethora of um resources that you can look other resources beyond American Heritage Girls. American Heritage Girls is a great discipling program. If you want your daughter to be able to to live her faith, to be able to understand the values you want to instill in her and doing life together with like-minded peers and mentors that agree with you rather than you know contradict what you're believing in. That's where you want American Heritage Girls and you want to have a troop at, at your church or your private school or your homeschool co-op. This is when girls can do life together and it's really transforming because it's eternally impactful because it's Christ-centric. So that's really, really an important piece. To, but if you can't quite do that, Or if your daughter's too young, at least be prepared and look at these parenting resources that are on our site. It will really help you as a parent. Well, and you talk about, you know, parents who have, or for a lot of grandparents who are listening too, you might think, okay, well, my granddaughter's three, she's four. We don't have to worry about this just yet. We can kind of protect her. American Heritage Girls works with girls starting at age five, correct? I mean, that's right. All of girlhood, ages five to 18. And then we're seeing the girls remain with the program and and mentoring the younger ones. It's been a beautiful thing. But, you know, the the girls, even girls at age three are being inculcated with this doctrine through commercials and, you know, cartoons, my goodness, American Mm -hmm. Girl Dolls now in their books. Um, addressing this stuff. It's way, I, my hat is off to Governor DeSantis and his team for standing firm on this. It's age inappropriate to be talking about this. Why cannot childhood be a time of, of freedom and memories and growth and understanding rather than putting all this adult sin 
in their heads. And, and that's that's the crime, I think, that's being committed today. Well, it's great to see what American Heritage girls are doing. Great to have Patty Garibay with me today here on the Bottom Line Show. I'm Roger Marsh. AmericanHeritageGirls.org is the website. We've linked it up at TheBottomLineShow.com. More of this conversation in just a moment as The Bottom Line continues. Life insurance will never replace the person you love, but that money can help you get through life when it feels impossible. When your life insurance claim is denied while you're already dealing with so much, you need someone on your side. Stephanie Cover of Coverlaw used to work for the insurance companies. She challenges and understands the way insurance companies think. Hire Stephanie to file a life insurance appeal while everything is still fresh in your mind. Don't let the insurance company get away with greedy behavior while you're in mourning. Stephanie Cover will do everything in her power to get you the financial protection which was promised to you as a beneficiary of the policy. The money from the life insurance proceeds can supplement your income so you can support yourself throughout the process of bereavement. Save Stephanie's number or call her now at 877-214-4935. That's 877-214-4935. Or you can fill out a contact form at kbrightradio.com slash coverlaw. Stephanie Cover, she knows the other side. Welcome back to this edition of the Bottom Line Show. I'm Roger Marsh. Patty Garibay, the founder of American Heritage Girls, is my guest. AmericanHeritageGirls.org is the website. You can download that uh, free material we were talking about with regard to the curriculum that they have to help girls understand the issue of transgenderism from a biblical perspective. They're working on biblical worldview curriculum, and also you can find information on how to either locate an American Heritage Girl troop in your area for your daughter or granddaughter, or uh, how you can get involved in starting one. Um, AmericanHeritageGirls.org. By the way, Patty has written her autobiography. It's called Why Curse the Darkness When You Can Light a Candle. Um, it's a great book. It's a great read. We do have a copy of it to give away, by the way. And Crystal is holding on to it right now, but I'd love, I know she'd love to send it to you. 800-227-5278. 800-227-5278. 800-227-5278 is the number to get you through to the bottom line. Again, we have one copy of the autobiography of Patty Garibay, the founder of American Heritage Girls, an outstanding scouting organization that was designed as a counter to the kind of woke ideology that Girl Scouts of America had actually been adopting 30 years ago, and it's gotten far worse right now. If you're looking for an organization that affirms biblical Christianity and femininity, uh, this is a great uh, resource. AmericanHeritageGirls.org and Patty Garibay's book, Why Curse the Darkness When You Can Light a Candle, 800-227-5278, the number to get you through to the bottom line. More of my conversation with Patty Garibay in just a moment as the bottom line continues. You know the old expression, a picture is worth a thousand words? Well, if you're an expectant mom and you go to a pregnancy health center that is in partnership with Preborn, one picture can say way more than that. And that picture I'm talking about is an ultrasound picture. Every donation that goes to Preborn goes to providing ultrasounds for women who are expecting children and they want to know what all of their options are. When you call 833-850-BABY right now, you give a gift of $28 that provides one ultrasound. But if you give a gift toward the purchase of an ultrasound machine, now that's a $15,000 investment, but every ultrasound machine can do 250 ultrasounds per year and lasts a minimum of 10 years. That's 2,500 ultrasounds available to women right now. Think of all the babies, thousands of babies' lives that will be saved by your donation to preborn right now. Call 833-850-BABY. 833-850-BABY. That's 833-850-2229. 
Make your best donation right now. $50, $100. Maybe you want to give $15,000. It's completely tax deductible. We've had a couple of bottom line listeners step up and do just that. 833-850-BABY. 833-850-BABY. That's 833-850-2229. Call Preborn right now. Patty Garibay is with me today here on The Bottom Line. I'm Roger Marsh. Patty is the founder of American Heritage Girls. Uh, AmericanHeritageGirls.org is the website where you'll find these resources that we're talking about. So many of them are free. And here in Sanctity of Human Life Month, we realize that the Sanctity of Human Life, go, it, it transcends simply the issue of, okay, Dobbs versus Jackson meant no more Roe versus Wade. Well, abortion's still around. The states are trying to find ways to get around it. The abortion industry is trying to find ways to get around it. So we, we dare not rest on our laurels and not think for a minute that the left isn't coming for our, our daughters, especially in terms of encouraging illicit sexual and risky sexual behavior. And you can, quote unquote, cover up the problem if you do wind up getting pregnant. There's a lot more that parents and grandparents have to be equipped for. And I'm grateful for American Heritage Girls and the growth that you've shown. Patty, let's talk about this. I mean, from that that one meeting at your home around the dining room table in 1995 to where, how many chapters do you have right now? I mean, you're coming up on your 30th anniversary in a couple of years. We are. We have over 60,000 members, which God wow. has been so good after a loss of 30% during those COVID years. Sure. So it has been amazing to see in about 1,500 charters across the United States, which are churches, private schools, or homeschool groups that align with the statement of faith that have said, I care enough about kids that I want to create a ministry in our church that will transcend what we're doing on Sunday, just on Sunday, but all the time doing life together and really creating um, servant leaders for the rest of their lives. And that it's a very transformative, as I mentioned before, but American Heritage Girls is seeing not just growth in its numbers, but growth in depth in its programming. And, mm. and I think the Raising Godly Girl brand of which we have over 1200 Christian radio stations airing our one minute Raising Godly Girls Minute, which is parental advice. It's airing most of the time, four or five times a day. So parents Fantastic. are able to drive time and hear some of these tidbits of information that will help them parent well. I think that's great. Do you ever see yourself as a broadcaster when you were forming your kind of alternative to the Girl Scouts back in 30 years ago? I didn't see myself as any of this except an obedient mom that loved her kids. And that yeah. was it. <laughs> yeah. Well, that it must be uh, generationally, it must be very satisfying for you, Patty, as you know, you've seen obviously your daughters coming through and then, you know, a new generation coming up and you kind of get to be the, uh, you know, the, have that matronly and grandmotherly, you know, type of advice as well. Uh, what is the biggest, there are, we have a lot of grandparents who are listening right now. They don't see their grandkids all that often, but they want to be involved in the issues that they're dealing with. Hopefully their granddaughters are involved in a uh, uh, American Heritage Girl uh, group. Uh, if not, you know, they want to kind of nudge mom and dad to get the kids in that direction. What is the most radical change that you've seen, or maybe the two most radical changes you've seen in girl culture over the past maybe five years, 10 years? I mean, obviously COVID uh, played a huge role in, in getting together and that type of thing. But what, what are the big changes that if we weren't paying attention to it, we might not recognize it? Mm, I would say it in the last decade, I can definitely speak to that. Maybe even in the last five years, it's social media and it's this gender identity and this confusion around it. This is unprecedented. I mean, back when, when I was working with, with the Girl Scouts, um, I would see body image issues. That has always been a thing sure. for girls. Sure. And, and identity issues and not really being sure who um, who we are, what our gifts are and that kind of thing are feeling less than, uh, you know, confidence issues. But now it's it's this crazy gender thing. And what, what blows my mind is so the women's 
lib movement, which is really what got me inspired to even serve in the Girl Scouts, honestly, I guess it, at, at some level, I'm a biblical feminist, if there is such a mm -hmm. thing, where I believe that the Lord does grace his women with certain aptitudes and, and abilities um, that are different than, than men's. And I think what, what they've done is they've overdone it. And they've started to mix the genders and they've mm. blurred the lines and no longer can a girl be a girl and a boy be a boy. We got to just be non-binary and, and just mix mm. it all up. And I think that's an assault to God's creation itself. And it, to me, it's like the, one of the highest of sins, if there's levels of sin. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> yeah, we're we're yeah. attacking God's very creation and the beauty that he did there. So um, I, I am happy to say, hey, girl, you don't have to fit in this box. I thought we were getting rid of labels, by the way, back in the 70s, yeah. but we yeah. put them all back on mm -hmm. and get out of that box you don't just because you don't like to eat cupcakes and go shopping doesn't mean you're not a girl <laughs> all right you you can like video games you can mm -hmm. like working on a car you can like riding a horse i mean this doesn't mean you're any less of a girl mm -hmm. your habits do not dictate your gender or your biological sex your biological sex does yeah, I love that. That's great counsel from Patty Garibay today here on The Bottom Line. The founder of American Heritage Girls, AmericanHeritageGirls.org is the website. You'll find all sorts of great curriculum there about biblical worldview issues, about the transgender ideology that's become so prominent and prevalent for young girls. And especially, Patty, I'm glad you brought up the, the social media influence. I think a lot of us, guilty as charged, but Lisa and I were talking with our, our oldest grandchild is our granddaughter, Riley, who lives in Michigan. And so we just FaceTime with her. Uh, get to see her hopefully once a year. And sometimes, you know, our conversations are kind of light. Sometimes it's let's talk about school, talk about faith. Other times, like this past weekend, we were talking and she spent the entire time in her dialogue with us doing it through these, um, what are the caricature things that they have, like kind of emojis or these filters? That they, yeah, the avatar. Yeah. And so it's like, hey, grandpa, I'm going to give you a big nose or this, that, and the other thing. And we got off the phone after about a half hour and Lisa looked at me and she said, do you realize that she did not speak to us at all unless she had one of those little emoji things on her face? And she was doing it to us too. It's like there was something, you know, kind of brewing, you know, beneath the surface. And a lot of times we might look at that and go, oh, okay, well, that's just kids. And they're just kind of being this way. But I, there makes me wonder how many of them think they really can, you know, make that transition and say, hey, you know, your your face is, it's movable on Snapchat. Why can't we do this in real life? Mm. And so talk, take the last couple of minutes of our time together and talk about why that biblical uh, foundation, the morals and values that will never escape us. When the world says you can be totally fluid and your values could be a smorgasbord, we know that kids need to learn at some point there is a God. He doesn't like sin. He hates it, but he loves you enough to say there's a there's forgiveness for that. We know from the very beginning of scripture in Genesis where God created the creation. It was very orderly. Yeah. And this confusion and this disorder is not from him. And so when we talk to kids about social media and what they think they are there, what they portray versus what really is happening in their heart, that is where that loneliness stems from. And because they really need wired relationships, not wired technologically, but wires like you and I are speaking to one another. And we are, have a relationship as far as a friendship that way. And that's what girls need. They need to have like-minded friends. I don't care how, I mean, we are more connected than ever before, but we're lonelier than ever before. Mm -hmm. yeah. And so that is what I love about HD. Every time you ask a girl, what's your favorite thing about American Heritage Girls? Every time, 100% of the time, without fail, Roger, it is the friends. Yep. 
And that could be the shyest girl ever in the corner Mm -hmm. saying, my friends or my friends as they grow in confidence. But it is so essential that we as parents help our daughters, guide them to find true friends and not social media friends and not archetypes or avatars or weird stuff that but really who are we and to understand that and our friends help create a mirror for us and the older the girls get the less important we as parents become and how more important the peers are so this is not fooling around stuff this is intentional and important stuff right yeah that intentionality is so key patty garibay uh, americanheritagegirls.org patty's the founder of this outstanding organization sixty thousand strong uh 1500 chapters and if you want more information too can our listeners go to americanheritagegirls.org and find out how to start an american heritage girls chapter at their church absolutely it's a very easy five-step process but it is intentional and it's it's built to last in addition if you'd like to see if there's a troop in your area that may have openings that's the hard part roger yes. they're very full there's usually waiting lists but you can go and put your zip code in the zip code finder and decide how long you want to drive and find a troop in your area amen amen well this is great for parents of course it's great for grandparents to be the ride be the conduit maybe if mom and dad aren't necessarily inclined this way but you think your granddaughter would benefit from it i highly recommend it and I, I know Patty does too, obviously. <laughs> as a satisfied not only customer, but also as the one who founded the organization. Patty Garibay with American Heritage Girls, AmericanHeritageGirls.org. Always great to spend time with you, Patty. Thanks for being with us today here on the bottom. And thank line. you, Roger. God bless you and happy new year. Oh, so great to have Patty Garibay with us today here on the bottom line. Founder and executive director of American Heritage Girls. Uh, They call themselves a national character development organization, and I wholeheartedly agree that they are. Uh, Patty is uh, the author of a book, Why Curse the Darkness When You Can Light a Candle. We've got a link for the book up at thebottomlineshow.com. And uh, we've got a copy of the book that we're giving away right now, 800-227-5278. is the number to get you through to the bottom line. We have one copy of Patty Garibay's autobiography, Why Curse the Darkness When You Can Light a Candle? And I think this is the reason that American Heritage Girls have become so popular over the years. They're coming up on their 30th anniversary in uh, 2025. And I, I, you can see with 60,000 uh, participants, over 1,500 troops, chapters, if you will, and uh, room for more if you'd like to either join one or have your daughter join one or uh, get involved in one by starting one at your church. Uh, go to AmericanHeritageGirls.org and you can get that process going. 800-227-5278 is the number to get you through to the bottom line. As we continue, I'm going to take a look at a sanctity of life issue. Patty mentioned that American Heritage Girls did actually get to march in the uh, March for Life uh, in the U.S. Uh, nation's capital a couple of years ago and are very, very passionately pro-life, not only for uh, stopping abortion, of course, but also for helping women facing crisis pregnancies. On the other side of this break, uh, some, one of the things Patty and I talked about in our conversation was the lack of knowledge of a, a truly biblical worldview. She cited George Barna's statistic that only 9% of Americans who claim to be Christian have a biblical worldview. On the other side of this break, I want to get into a story that I think kind of underscores the point where people who profess faith in Christ also wind up kind of uh, missing the whole point of the biblical worldview. Um, in their actions as it pertains to the sanctity of human life. Uh, We'll talk about that coming up next as the bottom line continues. 
My thanks again to Patty Garibay, the founder of American Heritage Girls, also the executive director of this great organization. Uh, we're giving away a copy for joining me for the past half hour, and we're giving away a copy of Patty's autobiography, Why Curse the Darkness When You Can Light a Candle. That's her philosophy on life and ministry when her daughter's Girl Scout troop was getting woke back in 1995. Instead of cursing the Girl Scouts, uh, Patty Garibay decided, hey, let's do this. Why don't we start our own kind of faith-based version of it? And there were about 12 girls who gathered at the Garibay House one night, and American Heritage Girls was born. Now there are 1,500 troops nationwide and over 60,000 girls participating in this great organization right now. AmericanHeritageGirls.org is where you find their information. And we've got a copy of Patty's autobiography, Why Light a, uh, Why Curse the Darkness When You Can Light a Candle, that we're giving away right now. 800-227-5278. 800-227-5278. 800-227-5278 is the number to get you through to the bottom line. You know, we, um, we've been working with our friends at Preborn uh, to provide education and, uh, and information and just flat out, you know, resourcing too for women who are facing crisis pregnancy. I want to thank Crystal from Anaheim who called in yesterday with a $28 donation to Preborn. Crystal, thank you so much. I know we, we talk about the donations large and small. We've had donations for $28, which actually provides one ultrasound appointment for a woman who's facing a, a, a pregnancy that was unplanned. Uh, and uh, in many cases, you got people who you know are using birth control or something like that, and they're like, how did this happen? I don't know how I got pregnant. But when they come in and get the pregnancy tests, they have the ultrasound, they see the image of the baby, they hear the heartbeat, and all of a sudden it changes the conversation because the abortion crowd would like you to believe that you have two options when you're pregnant, and that is you can have an abortion on Friday or abortion on Monday if you don't want the kid. But the idea is you're going to abort this child. They'll do an ultrasound, but that's to help the abortionist actually perform the procedure. They don't want women seeing the ultrasound, and the reason that they don't is because they'll say it's too traumatic for the woman. The reality is 83% of women who go to a preborn clinic and see the ultrasound images and hear the heartbeat say, I'm either going to be a mom, I'm going to raise this child on my own, or I'm going to release this child for adoption. Either way, the baby lives. Only 17% of the women who see an ultrasound at a preborn clinic say, yeah, I'm still going to have an abortion. But the thousands of women who wind up coming to Christ as a result of the experience of preborn is even better. By the way, 833-850-BABY is the number to call. 833-850-2229. Let's, raise, let's save 100 kids between now and the end of the National Crawford Roundtable, you know, just over an hour from now. What do you say? 833-850-BABY. 833-850-BABY. 833-850-2229 or go to kbrightradio.com or rogermarsh.com. Click on the preborn banner there. A $28 donation like Crystal from Anaheim made yesterday uh, saves one child through an ultra. It provides one ultrasound appointment, the whole deal. Um, so five kids, $140, 10 kids, 280. You can do the math. Or if God has led you with, has blessed you and led you to make a $15,000 donation, that will cover the cost of one ultrasound machine. We've had six different bottom line listeners in the past couple of months donate ultrasound machines. And I know there's another one listening today. God's talking on your heart. It's a tax deductible donation. It will help you on this year's taxes. It won't help you on last year's taxes, but it is completely tax deductible. And every penny that you donate of that $15,000 goes exclusively to buying the ultrasound machine. Now, if you 
don't want to do the whole 15,000 yourself, maybe get a couple of friends together, 5,000 apiece, 3750 times four, you could do the math. But 833-850-BABY, 833-850-2229, or go to kbrightradio.com and click on the preborn banner. Now, the reason I bring this up is because CNN ran a piece right before Christmas with regard to a conservative Christian couple who have become rather outspoken in the sanctity of human life conversation, but they're doing so for abortion rights as opposed to standing up for the rights of the preborn. Now, this is, Patty Garibay and I had a conversation just a moment ago here on the bottom line about the biblical worldview and how important it is to, to teach. Without malice, without any sort of judgment, I just want to share the story of Jill Hartle and her husband, Matt, as profiled in CNN. She, according to they, have become an unlikely advocate for abortion rights. Now, Jill is a, was a conservative Republican, she says, until last summer. She was a former Ms. South Carolina and described herself as an ex, a conservative Christian. But then there were new abortion restrictions in her state, and she said she endured an excruciating experience in terminating a pregnancy with a baby who had a severe heart defect. Because of South Carolina's abortion laws, Jill and her husband Matt had to spend weeks waiting for availability at a clinic out of state, fly there, endure a wrenching time away from their family and support system, fly home the day after the painful three-day medical procedure, arrange for their daughter's remains to be shipped back to them, and find thousands of dollars to pay for it, all while grieving the loss of their child. Now, let's back this up a little bit. They initially found out they were pregnant and they were thrilled. I mean, absolutely. She grew up in uh, Monk's Corner, South Carolina, went to youth group retreats, you know, the whole bit, summer Bible camp, whatever. She met Matt at a mutual friend's wedding in 2012. Um, Matt is a uh, sellerman at a local brewery, and he said, wow, I, you know, I waited for this woman. He's now 40, she's now 35. Uh, Matt proposed on the edge of the Grand Canyon in 2019. The couple married in April of 2021. By the way, they met in 2012. Dude, if she's the one, seven years, where's the fire? Right? Just throwing that in. Okay. Um, basically, they found out they were pregnant the next year. And then, um, well, then came the bad news. The child in their womb, a little girl that they have since named Ivy Grace, was diagnosed with a severe form of hypoplastic left heart syndrome. Now, this is a condition where the left side of the heart has multiple malformations and doesn't pump blood properly. They had an ultrasound a month after the initial diagnosis. The baby had grown, the heart could be seen more clearly, and it confirmed the severity of the diagnosis. The Hartles then say they were offered two options. Option number one, and to the doctor's credit, they did say you can you have this option. Option number one, carry the child to term and deliver. Now, if she didn't make it, you know, through there because her heart wasn't pumping blood, she would be a stillborn, and that's traumatic to deal with. If any, uh, if, for those of you who have experienced that in your family, you know how heartbreaking it is. The doctors also said if she was born alive, they could give her medication for the pain that would be caused by her failing heart, and they predicted that she might live for a day or two. The second option 
is that Ivy could have open heart surgery in her first week of life. Now, Jill said the doctors told her there was a very slim possibility that she would even survive the surgery. Um, and then once you do have surgery, typically, if you do have that first surgery, the first week, open heart, you have to have another heart, open heart procedure around six months and a third one before the age of four. The surgeries are not a cure. And even after the three procedures, according to the CDC, the children might need a heart transplant. The third option, the doctors told her, was to terminate the pregnancy. In other words, abort the child. Now, it's interesting. Dr. Joseph Forbes is surgical director at Children's Health Program at the University of, Medical, uh, University, University of Maryland Medical System. said that a lot of patients choose that option. He said, basically, we're talking about a child who's going to have at best a chronic medical condition that limits their cardiac output, and they're not going to need a lot of, and they're going to need a lot of high-level care for their entire life. So the Hartles prayed for guidance. They researched hypoplastic left heart syndrome. They talked to other families who'd been through that situation, asked them what they did, they did and they, they decided that, Jill said, uh, my mother's intuition told me that the best thing for her was to give Ivy the peace of not having pain and suffering. She said, I prayed for healing, and I know that sometimes that healing does not happen on this earth. Sometimes they get, they get healed, and they're free in heaven. With South Carolina, after the overturning of Roe versus Wade, had more restrictive abortion laws than they had to travel out of state. They had to endure, as they mentioned, all the traveling, a three-day medical procedure to terminate the child. There's a lot to unpack here. But now they are outspoken advocates for abortion, which begs the question, and I'll ask it, why? Let's see if we can answer that question on the other side of this break as the bottom line continues. Welcome back to the Bottom Line Show. I'm Roger Marsh. Fascinating story in C on CNN that we have up at thebottomlineshow.com. Jill and Matt Hartle, a conservative Christian couple, always voted red, as they said, until this fall of 2020. They said they voted blue, and the issue that made them vote that way was abortion. Jill and Matt uh, conceived a daughter who is now uh, with the Lord. Uh, Ivy Grace is her name. She was born with hypoplastic heart syndrome, which is a malforming of the left side of the heart, which means the blood won't properly flow. Doctors told them that they would be facing a minimum of three open heart surgeries for this girl, one in the first week, one about six months later, one at the age of four, and that she'd probably still need a heart transplant. They talked to families who'd been through this before and said it was agonizing for the family as well as for the child. And so the Hartles decided they believed that the most compassionate thing to do was to abort the baby. Now I want to ask you a question. What would you do in a situation like that? I'll share with you my initial thoughts about that. And I say this as a bonus dad to a daughter with different needs. Every family that faces this type of challenge and this choice has to ask the question, God, what are you doing? Why is this happening to her in this case, to us as a family, extended family? We know this is going to be a challenging road. But ask the question, what is more valuable? I see more and more families who are saying, you know what, I know they told us our kid had encephalitis, they was only going to live a day or two or an hour or two or this, that, and the other thing, and we chose labor, delivery, to see our baby, and then to release them into the hands of the Lord. I could say this, 
without trying to point a finger at the Hartle or anybody who would want to condemn them saying, hey, back up. The name of the game here, I think, first and foremost, is what would God have us do with this child? And I can't believe for a minute that God would allow a child to be born that he didn't want to see take a breath if possible. There are kids who are formed in the womb and don't make it out of the gestational stage. We know lots of families who have miscarried or had a stillbirth, and it is heartbreaking, and it's awful. But remember, if you can, the words of Paul, the Apostle Paul talking to Timothy, where he talks about the momentary light afflictions that we're facing in this world. The pain that we have, there may be weeping in the night, but there's joy in the morning. I mean, I know those are platitudes that are easy for me to say because this didn't impact my family directly. But I urge you, I beg you, when human life is in the balance, to consider how short our life is anyway. My parents will be 90 in June, Lord willing. And yet the scripture says their life is but a breath. It's but a vapor. So is mine, so is yours. All of ours are. We have such tremendous technology. We'll never know if Ivy Grace Hartle was that miracle kid who was going to beat the odds. We'll never know how she would have survived the surgery. We'll never know what kind of impact she would have had on people because now her parents are trying to establish a fund to make it possible for people to do what they did. Mom said, I didn't want my daughter to experience this pain, but I know, Mom, let's be real. You didn't want to have to experience the pain either. And I understand that. Man, I understand that. Quality of life is a huge thing. But sanctity of life is more important. The sanctity of human life and who determines the quality of life. God gets more value and more joy out of some kids who are with us for an hour. I'm not going to take that out of his hands. I'm grateful for our friends at Preborn who acknowledge the sanctity of human life from every step and can lead to operations and procedures and medications. You know, who's to say that God can't do a miracle in the life of your preborn child? When you give to preborn, you're supporting that sanctity of life. 833-850-BABY is the number to call. Make a $28 donation and save a baby's life today. Or go to kbrightradio.com. Follow the prompts of the preborn banner and you can make a donation there. Boy, it's a tough one, but you know, it's great to have biblical wisdom and discernment and the ability to have the opportunity to have these conversations. And I'm grateful that we've had this dialogue today here on the Bottom Line Show. For our KCBC audience, enjoy the rest of your day. Rabbi Schneider is coming up next with Discovering the Jewish Jesus, and we'll be back at this again tomorrow. Uh, for those who remain on the network, it's this week's edition of the National Crawford Roundtable Podcast. Bob and John and Neil and yours truly talking about Joe Biden and other things coming up next as the Bottom Line continues.